looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Hey there. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Trespicio. And every week on this show, we try... We try and try to show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so that you can grow your brand and your business. This week, what does it take to deliver like a pro on the air? Mm-hmm. You can have all the best expertise, right? An advanced degree, everything you think you need to know. You have a book, but if you can't deliver on air, you won't be a contributor. I promise you that. Period. The end. <laughs> I have said it. That is that. Period. The end. So, like, some people may think they're naturals, right? And some people are, right? Some people, the camera just loves them, and they can talk and talk and talk. But it is a skill, and you can learn it. I've seen it happen. We've both helped people do it. But the hard part isn't being able to do it, from what I've seen, right? The really big thing that holds most people back is not believing that they actually can do it, right? I mean, there's so many people who don't even put themselves out there because they think, oh, I'd be no good at that. Or, oh, what do I know? Well, you know, people don't need to hear from me. Um, there's everybody else doing the exact same thing. The question, though, to ask is not just, do you want to be on TV? Do you want to be in podcast? Do you want to be out there in a bigger way? But here's the question, right? Am I coachable? Thank you. Am I coachable? <laughs> That's it. It's a much bigger question, right? So later in the show, you're going to meet not one, but two women who have said, yes, I raise my hand. I am coachable. They're business owners and their message is ready to be shared with the whole world. And it's going to get very meta because we're not only going to interview (laughs) them, then we're going to talk to them about being interviewed and give them some live feedback on their performance. So basically media training. Live. Uh, Live, live media training happens off the air and the performance right. happens on the air. Mm-hmm. But we're going to put it all together because we want you guys to get a behind the scenes look of what it takes really to learn how to be coached, how to do this, because people need it, right? I mean, I work with a lot of authors and entrepreneurs and experts one-on-one. Terry has done the same in the, in the past to media train them, get them ready for air, right? To be able to speak succinctly and uh, come across with authority, even if you have 10 or 15 seconds to do it. And, you know, this is actually, I was thinking of this, Paul, it's a really good opportunity for people to see what media training involves because people think that, oh, well, if if you've done any TV or if you've ever done any speaking, you don't need media training. Media training is a whole other mindset and even the best need media trainers. The way I look at it is even fantastic, gifted professional writers need editors. And so it's not just a matter of whether you have a good personality or if you have something to say, being able to say it succinctly is a challenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that. People are going to actually see the inside, the belly of the beast to see how this happens. But first, let's talk a little bit about what it takes to be a great on-air contributor. And uh, Paul and I have have been on the air ourselves, which helps um, because we know that can be scary. We've also, as we said, spent spent years coaching people to do it too. And there is no single look or type or background that makes you better. It's not like, well, he has a PhD. Of course, he's better on the air. Uh, au contraire, my friend. Oh, that right. can be not in your the way. case. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what skill the best ones have. They are masters of the art of short, meaningful conversation. 
Sounds easy, uh, easier said than done, but that's mm-hmm. it. Meaning they can make a small window of conversation work. They offer insight, interest, and something you can take away because that is all media interviews are. They are small windows of conversation and you don't have a lot of time to get warmed up and to ease off. They got to be really valuable, valuable on the spot. So are people who do this really smooth talkers? Sometimes, but the most memorable ones are very real and there's no one else like them. We've interviewed a lot of those people on our show, right? People mm-hmm. who have like personalities and they have quirky, they're, they're quirky or they do their own thing. That's great. They're unforgettable presenters with something of value to share and they've been trained to share it clearly. So in order to know what it takes, you got to really learn that path. Paula, why don't you take us through the journey? That someone would go, you know, from someone who lands in your inbox when you were a producer, they mm-hmm. land in your inbox, and then to the moment they walk onto the set of the TV show, it's not just a matter of come in and then you show up, right? There's more that happens. I want people to see that path. Right. So it starts with a really great pitch, right? That's always your foot in the door is an interesting, counterintuitive idea that is not a sales pitch, right? This is about serving the audience that you're pitching, right? So if it's a TV show or magazine or whatever it is, taking into consideration what it is that they care about and how you can serve them. Not about how you can serve yourself, which is what most pitches do, how you can serve them, right? So I get that email and I think, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. And what sparks my attention is that number one, they know the audience and they know, um, you know, something a little bit different and counterintuitive. I covered health and wellness for a very, very long time for over 10 years at Fox News Channel. And believe me, I had done every single story you could think of, right? And same thing with magazine editors. Terry was a magazine editor for many years. You do the same stories over and over and over and over. (laughs) So how do you, you know, how are you able to make it different? And so once I'm interested, I set up a call. So there's always a pre-interview for me, for television, always, right? Because I need to be able to hear you um, and throw some questions your way to sort of see how you would respond depending on, on... what situation I'm going to put you in. So for the most part, there's two ways. It's either going to be live in a studio or pre-taped in a studio where you have someone interviewing you, right? Mm -hmm. For a short amount of time, or it'll be what we call a package. So that's a shorter, maybe, you know, minute and a half, two minute piece that's, that's taped where we would go to your office or we would go to you and there's editing involved. So whatever it is that you say can be edited down. You don't have the same luxury when it's live. No. So there would be people who I would talk to and I would say, you know, she's a li- I like her and it's a good story and all this, but she's a little long-winded and I can't put her in that studio because I, I don't know if I'm oh, going to be able to reel so her in. Oh, a package because you can't reel her in. Yeah, so and I'll know. Yourself. You limit yourself. It does. Keep it short. It Wait, does. I'm or hmm. I'm just realizing you did a package with me years and years and years ago before we were friends. But you know how I remember it because you filmed B-roll. Of I made you walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe walk and do my first B-roll. Was that because you couldn't rein me in? No, you had already been in. The truth is coming out now, folks. Now you've heard it all. Uh, No, we first had you in. So Terry was an editor for Martha Stewart. We had her in to talk about green tea or some such uh, in the studio several times. Don't you remember? You had a whole bunch of like blueberries. But I know why. Because then... I pitched the story. I said, hey, I want to do something. I think it was on perfume or something. Like it was, it was something about like uh, perfume and how it could be like not good for, your, for you or something like that, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need a natural 
health expert who can talk about this. And because you were already good in the studio, I knew you could be good in this package and I needed an expert for that package. And so that's why it was always going to be a package. So anyway, um, but that will, you know, also I'll throw questions at the person on the phone to see how they react, to see, should I put them up against, you know, with my anchor? If my anchor asks questions that they're not prepared for, Will they be able to roll with the punches or are they going to freeze up? You purposely throw them off a little bit on the call. Yeah. So what are you listening for? If you say, because you know what, if you ask someone a question and they get thrown off, what does it sound like when someone gets thrown off that you go, uh oh, what's that sound like? Well, I mean, you, they just lose, lose the authority. They you know, go, there well, are people. I'm not sure, uh, yeah. You know, people are able to, you, you know, if, if you're confident enough in what it is that you're an expert in, you can pull it in, you can rein it in, you can somehow answer my question, right? You can get there, but some people don't and they fall flat. And the worst thing that people do is they say, um, oh, I can find out later. And I think, <laughs> nope, because if this was live, you could never say that because yeah. that's the end, you know, period, the end. But what I really always hated what people would do is that, if they, if I was doing a pre-interview with them and I would ask a question and they would say, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but first let me just tell you about this other thing. <gasps> oh no. Ooh, wrong. You answer the question now that the journalist why asks that's you. Explain why that's a bad thing. Cause they think they're helping you by giving you the right information. Well, first it's like, you know, it's a little bit of like, let me teach you kind of, which is like a little bit like, hmm. um, but also it's, if my anchor were to ask a question, they want an answer. You're killing you time. time. You're right. wasting time by going into something that you think is interesting. No, no, no. This is what's interesting. Yes. Yes. And guess what? Let's just say that you want, I mean, there's, this is Media Training 101. Let's just say you wanted to get to that other topic, right? Yeah. You don't want to answer the question that the person asked you, right? There is a way to work around it. There is a way to sort of answer and give a little bit of a tidbit about what you want to talk about and then loop it around to what they asked. You would just do it. You wouldn't say, you oh, I'll get say, to you in a minute. No, you never say that. You never say you just do it. Pipe down. No, nope. That's right. So So once you you do well, you pass pass all the pass all the you know green lights all the way. Then Mm -hmm. what happens? Then that's it. Then you get set up, right? So we do. We go back and forth on story development. One of my favorite things is to figure out what is the, what is the, the segment going to be about, right? Because you may have been pitched something. This happened so many times with me where I'd be pitched a certain story or a certain idea. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. What else? What else you got? So we would talk on the phone and then that's where the real magic would come out. I would I'd hear, hear some more interesting things that I knew. Oh, okay, great. We can do this. Let me talk to you about this. And then we come up with talking points or we come up with ideas there. Or I'd say, this is what we're going to do. You know, send me a couple talking points on this or that, you know, because the call is really only like 20 minutes. So, you know, I would get like a rough outline and then we would be good to go. I'd know what was coming next. And then we would set up the time to come in. And when, when you come in again, it's just, you know, I would, I would make sure that they were good to go on those, on those talking points that we had talked about. But wait a minute, if you're at the point where you're now collaborating on the story, did you ever do that with someone before you confirmed they would be on? Would you collaborate on a story and then go, no, forget it? Because if you're already like, you're already going to make a decision on whether to even have them. And then you collaborate on the story, right? So, well, it's really a little bit of both because it's okay. like, is there a story there? Is there something? Is there enough? You know, so it's like you're kind of collaborating, but it, you're interviewing them. You know, you're doing a pre-interview because you're trying to figure out like, is this really something? Is this really different? Is this something that needs to be told? Okay, yes or no, I don't think so. And then that's Do you that. always tell them then whether they made it on or do you say you'll decide and get them, let them know later? Or do you sometimes never get back to them after, after a call like that? 
Well, I was a senior producer, so I had um, I was able to to book people without them being um, approved. approved someone else, but not everyone else could do that. So they would have to say, "Let me pitch this and let me get back to you." Right. So, so now, and you're a junior, that's not you have to pitch up the. You have to pitch up. Yeah. So it is. It's not BS. They really do have to pitch up. So you know, they're not just saying that. If you get on a call with a producer and they say, "Okay, let me let me you know let me pitch my senior producer, let me pitch my yes. my executive producer and get back to you." So that's why when someone, when Paula, if she, when she was not yet a senior producer and when you had to pitch people above you, when they're pushing you as an expert hard to try to figure out the best story, they're doing it because if they can't be sold, they can't sell it. And then they, their boss is going to go, well, what's the story? Be like, well, I don't know, but she really wants to do it. Uh, no, like that's not going to work. Uh, you made it really key point about the collaboration. That's the best part, right? We always say you won't get booked every time you pitch, but if you get engagement, they go, what about this? What about this? My advice is along the lines of yours is don't be overly attached to your idea of how a segment could be because they might say, oh, but how about this? You you don't want to be like, no, no, but this is the better story. Uh, No, because you don't know if they already did something like that or if they've tried it and it didn't work. So you want to be able to be, be flexible and make sure that you're giving them the material they need to create the segment or story that they want. Because at the end of the day, it's the, it's the editor producer who's deciding what story to do. And they're answering to lots of different people about that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like, Hey, what about this? Like whenever I was able to give lots of ideas to an editor producer, they love to think that like you said, that's the fun part, but you don't want to look into it as a fighting to convince an editor or producer to do a different story. Right. So there's that's, a difference that's there. The, that's the idea part. But then there's the delivery. And you've worked with a lot of people who have zero training on camera. And you've booked people who've never, you know, who aren't polished contributors. So mm-hmm. talk to us about how much and how exactly you coach someone who you've confirmed is going to be on the air. Say a doctor, for instance, or someone who's smart but doesn't have media chops yet. Look, it's if you're going to be on camera, if you're going to be pitching TV uh, media, you need to show them something of you on camera, right? So that could be whether, it, you know, if you do have some media, great, send them that clip. But if you don't, do something on YouTube. You know, you talking straight to camera, just giving a couple facts, giving a couple things so they can see you, they can hear you. Because in, you know, 10 seconds, a producer is going to know whether or not they're going to go with you. Does this person sound like they know what they're talking about, right? Do they have a pleasant right. enough voice that uh, I'll right. be able to bring them in the studio and they'll be able to, you know, hold their own. So well, you definitely need what? to do that. What if but, they look okay on video and now you still have to coach them a little? Yeah, right, right exactly. And look, sometimes... Uh, the producer's anchor will do, and this happened to me quite often, will do whatever they want when they get out there. So (laughs) you will give them a script, you'll give them a script and they won't necessarily stick to it. They might ask a million other questions. So you, if you know that as a producer about your talent, about your, your reporter or your anchor, you need to prep your guest for that. Right. So I would Mm -hmm. tell the guests, Hey, he might come out of left field and start asking all these other questions that have nothing to do with what we prepped. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that they're clear on what it is that they're talking about, what they're trying to get across, because sometimes they won't be able to, um, to, to switch on a dime. So for, as a producer, you really want, I mean, I want you to, to succeed. I want you right. to, to do well, because then that means I, me as a producer, I look great. I booked somebody great. Exactly. I don't want somebody who's going to freeze. So if you're able to, to, to do that and, um, you know, I would do that as a producer now that I'm media coaching and media training people one-on-one, um, you know, I spend a lot of time on it, but most producers don't have that much time to sit through and, and really coach you. They'll give you a couple things and say, hey, make sure we get to this, this, and this, uh, right. and that's it. And off you go. 
And so, so if, there's, if there's like one thing, cause you take a while now you work with people to coach them and you have a little more time because that's what they're yeah. hiring you for. Is there one thing that you would say, this is the biggest problem most people have that, that is, that is worth working on? Well, I guess it really is, uh, you know, the art of saying less. That's, just, like, that's it. Just, just say it, right? Say it in a short, succinct way and be on your they way. Stop on talking. On. Yeah, they keep going. They try to fill the time. They Just say it. If it's a simple answer, just say it. Well, we have a whole course on what the media wants from you and how to deliver it. And we're giving a special offer for Voice America listeners to access a free video series we've created to help you understand how to do this. It's not natural or inborn. You have to learn it. So you want to um, get this free course? Why not? Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. And you'll get instant access to a three-part series where we walk you through what it takes to stand out to editors and producers. And coming up after the break, we'll hear from one woman who's taking lemons and turning them into lemonade, and she's learning to do this in the media just like you are. We're going to interview her as an expert, and then we're going to talk about the interview, and you're going to want to stay tuned uh, because you're going to learn twice from it. You're going to listen, and then you're going to learn how to think like a producer. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise on Voice America Variety. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. It is one thing to be an expert, but it's another thing to be known for it. And as promised, we're going to do an interview with a budding media star, and then we'll do a little debrief and some feedback afterwards. So joining us today is Holly Bertone, who is a number one Amazon bestselling author of the book Thriving in the Workplace with Autoimmune Disease, Know Your Rights, Resolve Conflict, and Reduce Stress. She's a wellness expert and a highly sought after speaker. And after 20 years as a project manager in both government and industry, she's now the president and CEO of Pink Fortitude LLC and the website pinkfortitude.com. She's a breast cancer and Hashimoto... Hashimoto survivor. Um, and she turned these two very significant health challenges into passions that she can help other people with, right? So, Holly, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I love being a part of the Lights Camera Expert community. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you're an advocate for people in the workplace, specifically who are suffering with an autoimmune disease. That's very specific. Why is that an issue? It's an issue because 50, approximately 54 million Americans suffer from autoimmune disease. And out of those, approximately 75% are women. And mm. as women, we typically juggle things like families and kids and a full-time job. And to add a health challenge to that, it makes holding down a full-time job even that much more difficult. Wow. Yeah. Those That's are some big numbers. Yeah. Those are way bigger. What percentage of women again, you said? Approximately 75% of those with autoimmune disease are women. And for people who don't really know, like you think autoimmune, people kind of know what that means, but if you, someone would nod, but then if you ask them, they wouldn't be able to define it. How do you define that? And it like, it's some diseases count as an autoimmune disorder. Can you talk, just give us a little bit of a definition on that? Right. In in layman's terms, uh, basically your immune system is attacking yourself and you'll know, you'll hear things, uh, illnesses such as lupus multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, grave disease, fibromyalgia. Those are some of the ones that I'm sure you're probably familiar with. Ah, okay. So those are all considered autoimmune. Yes. Um, and so there's there's that, and that's obviously widespread, right? But what's interesting is it'd be enough if you were dealing with that, but if you're, but you're also a cancer survivor. So you've right. kind of been through some things. So, mm-hmm. but you're, the interesting thing is that you you were diagnosed with breast cancer first, correct? Correct. In 2010. And then the switch. Tell us about like, these are two extraordinary and, and really difficult situations. Tell us about your experience of, of kind of coming out as a can, you know, come, telling the world you have cancer and then telling the world you have autoimmune. Like how, talk to us about the difference there of experience. Sure. I was working at a prestigious three-letter federal agency in Washington, D.C. at the time. And when I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and I told my employer, they rolled out the red carpet and they, I didn't even have to ask for anything. They gave me a parking spot inside the building in the city, which is unheard of. They let me shut the door and take naps. They let me come and go according to my schedule. It just were as flexible as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, a year later, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but uh, it was more or less under control and my managers were pretty accommodating. But I had a management turnover and a flare up at the same time. And they were not, um, they just were not accommodating at all to the point where, you know, they said I was lazy, I was faking it, I should just drink more coffee and wow. just and take a pill. 
Whoa. So wait, (laughs) because if you are diagnosed with cancer, you're going to have to leave and go get treatment. There's like a, you're gone for a bit. Oh, I was gone for days. Right. I mean, yeah. Days at a time. Right. But autoimmune, do you, I mean, I don't know. Do you miss work? I don't know. I haven't had one. So I don't know if it's like you miss a few days here and there, or if you had to go away for treatment, like what were they, what were you asking to be accommodating about? So it really depends. And every autoimmune disease is different, obviously, but two of the main symptoms that are fairly consistent across all of them are fatigue and pain. So, you know, if you're having a flare up, you could be missing a, you know, a week of work at a time, or if everything seems to be under control, no one would ever even know that you're sick. So that's why mm-hmm. they call it the invisible illness. Ah, but they thought I, you were crying wolf, I guess. Right, but, exactly. But, but the so what of this? So you had two different experiences. Why is this a big issue for you now? Why are you so uh, you know, into this, advocating for this? Basically, they made my life so miserable, I ended up resigning. I mean, I just, I was pretty much forced out. Um, and when I tried to do some research and looked at the American Disabilities Act, I learned that uh that autoimmune disease is protected under the ADA. They amended it in 2008 to include endocrine and immune systems. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I realized I do have rights, except my employer wasn't, um, wasn't agreeing to those rights. Right. So you had already quit. You left. Exactly, exactly. And I chose not to pursue the uh, EEO case, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Um, I could have pursued a law, a legal case, but I chose instead to write a book to help educate others. Well, look, people, you know, don't want to say, announce that they're sick, right? All right. the time, especially if right. you're at a job, you know, you right. get treated differently. You don't, you know, maybe people say, oh, no, you won't be treated differently, but you might be treated differently. So how do you know if you're in this situation when it's time to actually tell your manager, tell your boss and say, hey, look, I'm going through this and I do need some accommodations or I need some help. How do you, how do you navigate that? That's a really difficult and personal decision. And it's one of those where if you are, if you're not, if you don't have any symptoms and you're doing fine, it's probably best to keep quiet. But mm-hmm. if you are in a place where you're struggling, if you tell your employer, your employer is now bound to legally protect you under the American, Dis- American with Disabilities Act. Okay, because it's, you went on the record and you said, hey, this right. is a thing. Exactly. I see. But okay. at the same time, you can't put the, the toothpaste back in the tube. That's so if you say, right. not yeah. to tell right? And your employer finds out and they choose to discriminate against you, you, you don't have a case unless you, you say something. Mm, I see. And since it is, you know, more than a more so a woman's issue, right? You said um, 75% autoimmune. Auto <laughs> yeah. So what does that mean? What, what do women then need to do for themselves to advocate? There's different accommodations that you can request. Um, mm-hmm. If you, and again, looking at a lot of these conditions, the the side effects are commonly joint pain and chronic fatigue. So things like working from home, or you can request frequent breaks. You can request a flexible work schedule. If you stand mm-hmm. all day, you can request for um, a, an ergonomic mat or even an ergonomic chair. Uh, you can request for a closed parking space, things like that. And what would you do? You'd go to HR or you would talk to your boss or what would you do? Uh, right. If you're, if most companies have, <clears throat> excuse me, have an HR department, that would be the, the logical first place to go. Um, you would need to provide medical documentation as well. Mm-hmm. But you and go I'm to sure them first? Most places would have forms to, to fill out. But should you go to your own per- your own manager first or do you go to HR first and then tell your manager? It depends on the situation. And, and I hate saying that, but if your manager is very reasonable 
and is a kind-hearted person, going to your manager is probably your first bet. If your manager is uh, a little on the meaner side, going to HR and having <laughs> documented is probably right. your first best the manager bet. is a little douchey. You might want to <laughs> go to the authorities. <laughs> Got it. Well, what do companies risk by not addressing it, Holly? Like, so they go, well, I'm not going to pay attention and I'm just going to tell her to drink more coffee. Like, what do they risk? I mean, they risk lawsuits. Um, that, they really that, do. Right. They do. Yeah. It's, it's against the law. All right. Well, that's good enough. I and mean, they also I mean, want they risk, to avoid lawsuits. Right. And they and they risk uh, employee morale. If, you know, if the office is seeing how someone is being treated, uh, that's not just that one person's morale, but the employer morale across the board and also uh, employee turnover. Mm-hmm. Well, you felt a need to sort of start a movement on your own, right? Get out there and talk about this. And and why, though? Was there no one else talking about this? Or was it not from a woman's perspective? Or what really, you know, drew you into it? When I tried to research, I found that there's hardly anything out there. So I ended up writing the first book that paired autoimmune disease and disability and, and educated uh, everyone about the two together. Uh, there is one great resource as well. It's called the Job Accommodation Network, and it's JAN.org. Hmm, fantastic. Terrific. Well, Holly, how do we find out more about you? We go to pinkfortitude.com. That's our. Yes, pinkfortitude.com. Okay. And of course, uh, check like, out her book, Thriving yes. in the Workplace with Autoimmune Disease. No On Amazon.com. Resolve conflict and reduce stress. Terrific. Thanks, Holly. Okay. Thank you. So, boom. Boom. That was great. So now it. we pause. Your nice segment. Pause. We did it. We did it. We did it. Okay. Excellent job, Holly. <laughs> nicely, nicely done. Right. So this is where we get very meta now. Now we get okay. into the weeds on all the things that you said. So first off, how did it feel for you? Were you yes. were you in your flow? What were you thinking? I mean, I was in the flow. I was a little nervous. Like I said, this is a little different format than what I'm used to. So um, you know, the, the nerves are a little high, but um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely in the zone. Good. Well, yeah, you know, great. Paula, what I think she did so well is, uh, and Holly, you just, you know your subject and you have a confidence. I mean, everyone feels a little nervous, but I sensed a real kind of confidence. This is what I do. She wasn't questioning mm-hmm. that at all. You know what I mean? There's an authority there. Yes. Right. Sure. And you know what I loved? The way you started off with that stat, you just punched yes. us right in the face with the stat Boom. because it is so great. I mean, it really does. I learned that um, from you. <laughs> ah, yes. like ourselves. Um, I, I would even that hang on that happy. stat more like it would be like so because then I had to ask again you're like this might be like when you spit it out it's great but slid on be like can you believe that's 75 percent of women you're like that's staggering you guys you know staggering. Yeah. you have to tell us how to feel about information because okay. you know what I mean otherwise statistics don't mean anything until you tell me that's good or that's bad uh, you know another great thing you did Holly was you said in layman's terms it means this and you kept mm-hmm. it very simple what is autoimmune you didn't go into it like a doctor a lot of doctors who are expert in this feel the need to give everyone a PhD uh, yeah. but you kept it very simple and so there's a lot going well you had a nice back and forth you didn't take the mic and run away with it so we couldn't get you back you, you did throw me it back as, which was good throw yeah. it back which is really good. good yeah not everyone does that not very everyone does that and that's very difficult because sometimes you're trying to, you know, then you're talking over each other, or whatever. But you said what you had to say. Like my, you know, my advice right before the break was, you know, say say more with less. Just right. you know, and you did. You said it. You threw it back, and off we went. Um, the other thing, and I don't even know if you even realized it, but at one point you mispronounced uh, immune. Just real quick, it was just like you ran over a word. You just kept just going. Over it. Okay. Kept going. You tripped it, and you just kept going, which was great. So whether or not you noticed it, it like you did it well. So okay, it I didn't notice it. Happens so. all the time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It I have tripped time. three times since we've been on the air. I've tripped. Uh-huh. Yes. 
happens. <laughs> but you just kept on going. And that was good. Terry, what else you got? So, so let's talk about places where we stumbled. And that, remember, you know a lot more about your topic than we do. And so we had to ask. And, um, and there's a, ways to make us care more by showing more of the emotion that you have attached to it. I mean, sometimes nerves have a way of flattening out people's personalities. What you have to do is practice enough where you get to be you. Uh, It it fell a little bit one note in terms of tone. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I told Paul I didn't really understand was, uh, you said I work for a three-letter agency. I have no idea what that means. Okay. I would just say, I work for a government agency. You know, I'm doing this, doing that. That's all. That was a little bit inside baseball. Okay. Um, But I wanted to hear more of like, oh my gosh, I mean, when I was first diagnosed with cancer and I announced it, oh, I got the red carpet. They gave me a cake. They did this. They did like, I want to hear the like, oh my God. And then a little emotion, emotion emotion there too, you know, we need performance because it was too just information, information. Right, Paul? Exactly. Okay. Uh, So another thing here, Tone, right? We're talking about tone and how to. Sometimes people are like, they don't want to sound like they're overacting or doing something. Uh, and so they will kind of keep it very professional and even. So, not just that, but there's one place your tone would change. And it was at the ends of sentences. I want you to wa- listen back to this and listen for the up talk. Okay. Which is da 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 da. And now women do this all the time because they're trying right. to make sure you're listening. And that you understand what I'm saying. And so they go up at the end of the sentence. You know what I mean? And you do that a bunch. And okay. so I want you to listen to it and make sure that you land the things. Like, and so after that, they Land work, the plane. Land the plane. Mm-hmm. But landing the plane, you actually land the plane. It's the tone that what you want to you end on a solid. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and uh, for me, I wanted to know, like, it was kind of like, okay, well, I pushed you toward was cancer situation versus autoimmune. There was a place we were getting toward the mission, but I wanted you to be like, that's why I'm really passionate about making sure people know what's like, I wanted you to tie it together with like, this is why I'm here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, 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 yeah. And also the part, um, and Terry, I don't know if you touched on this just a little bit, but like the, you said, I was so miserable that I ended up quitting. That's a big deal. Yes. But to paint that picture for us a little bit, to say, you know, I was so miserable. I was calling out sick. I was doing that. I don't know. Whatever it was that you were, I mean, you were calling out sick anyway, because you, you were actually sick. But like, what were, how was it contributing to you, you know, feeling worse or not okay. even, you know, I, I don't know. Like if there, because that does contribute to health and well-being is being, you know, it, oh, like right. here's, right. Here's somebody who actually needs to, um, care for themselves and self-care. And part of that is to be in a good environment, right? And so this is a bad environment. And, uh, you know, kind of just like connecting that a little bit for us too. Also contrasted, because you say my managers were were so amazing. They felt, you know, blah, blah, blah. People love to support cancer survivors. However, when I told them this happened, oh, everything changed. You said, well, they were pretty accommodating. And then later you said they weren't. So I didn't understand which part to believe and what's pretty accommodating. You could say, I was sick. I could not get out of bed. And that happens. I could not get out of bed. I called in and they said, why don't you just grab Starbucks and come in? Right. Let, okay. let the evidence. Right. Show us. What? Yeah. I mm-hmm. wanted to be outraged. You didn't let me be outraged enough because you were a matter of fact. Yeah, they were pretty accommodating. I was like, no, they weren't. Ratchet that up. So we're okay. mad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Yes. And plus, you know, you're so close to it and you've been talking about this for a long time. You need to come at this every single interview you do like it's the first time you're ever telling this story, right? And so it's it has to be new every time. We've not heard it before. Our audience hasn't heard it before. So you come at it like, we, I know nothing. You know, this audience is brand new and I'm going to yeah. teach them for the first time. Be like, listen to this. 
they did this. Like you have to be willing to get behind that. If you're trying to be fair to everyone, you don't want to talk bad about anyone, then you're not willing to dig in. And I know that you are. Also, when you're produced, when the, when the host is giving out the name of your book, don't step on it. Because okay. I was giving the name and you stepped on oh, it. Oh, sorry. Then, okay. No, but then people can't hear the name. Like you okay. never, that's like, you let them say the name of the book. Um, and you can always repeat. Yep. Pinkfortitude.com. There, you can do that after they say it. Okay. Uh, but I thought you did great. I think it's a matter of getting more comfortable. A little refined. Yeah. Uh, any questions for us quickly? Yeah. No, no. This is, this is awesome. Love the coaching. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I mean, you, you know your stuff. That's the thing. You know it. And it's just about, you know, practicing and getting it out there and getting the emotion in there, you know, because you lost it a little bit because you're used to it, you know, and, and, and also, used to I was also a little nervous too. You you're know, nervous? it's like I try to put the professional hat on and I take nope. off. Nope. Professional is boring. So, okay. Paul and I are professionals. Do we sound professional on here? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> because people want to listen and be told how to feel. Okay. And if she, you sound so even toned about it, maybe it's fine and I won't buy the book because it looks like Holly has it handled. So you don't, you want it to, you want to leave it unresolved. So the audience fills in the blanks. Okay. Yep. Really All right. Great. So we're good job. So stick with we'll us. Holly. We're going to bring on. Yes, we are. Around. We're going to. Mm-hmm. And after the break, we'll bring on someone else that's going to uh, get you thinking about a whole lot of things. Right, Terry? Yes. And if this sounds really fun to you and you're like, well, I want to learn these tips. I want to learn how to do that. We are giving you a free course. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. And you'll get instant access to our video courses. We're giving this away. It's like a public service. We really want you to be better on the air so you can get your stuff out into the world. And if you stay tuned, we'll be back with more, another interview that we will debrief and it will help you get better in media. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise on Voice America Variety. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. We're talking about taking your story into the media and how to do it in a way that's memorable, that helps draw more eyes to your brand and business, and most importantly, gets you booked again and again. You just heard from Holly Bertone of PinkFortitude.com. Joining us now is Margie Haddad. Margie is the CEO of MH Communications, a global public relations company. Margie has represented all types of people and entities and companies over the years. And uh, I'm talking like high tech, medical tech, pharmaceutical, you name it. The common denominator of a all her clients, they have the cool factor that can help improve Ooh. lives. Margie is the former director of international media at Ruder Finn in Israel. And she also served as a researcher and speechwriter in the policy planning department of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Israel. So she's had a really rich background. By the way, Paula, Margie uh, began her career as a news anchor and reporter. I love that. Isn't that cool? I uh, love it. So she, lays, she worked in Ohio, she worked in Boston, and now... Um, she she was on a, she was actually on a team like you that earned an Emmy award. Oh, I love so, it! Pretty fantastic, and uh, we're happy to have you with us. Welcome, Margie. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here. Yes, we're so thrilled. Now, Margie, you've done publicity for so many different sectors, but you find yourself gravitating toward health tech. Now, tell us, like everyone has their their jam, like stuff they're into. Tell us about why you're into health tech. I'm into health tech because at the core of it, I would like to help my friends, my family, and everybody out there be as healthy as possible. We all wish for safety and health and happiness, so I'm doing my part to make the health part work. But you have a personal connection with this. I do. Back in the... About 20 years ago, I learned that I had a medical issue. And I live in Israel, which is the epicenter of technology. We're the startup nation. So I figured, okay, I'm going to research and see what's out there. And Mm -hmm. I learned and I found. And the next thing you know, 20 years later, I'm an expert in med tech PR. Ah, so it was your curiosity that really got you going. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I, I was looking for myself. I was looking for family members. I was looking for friends. And that's actually what I continue to do into this day, helping the companies to tell their stories, but also being the matchmaker for people who need help. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, you you keep on the cutting edge of this topic, right, of health and tech and and in that world, you know, first off, because you were interested in it, but now because you do make your business doing that as as a publicist. What are some of the trends that are out there that, you know, we don't, we're not looking at this all the time, but you are. What are some of those bigger themes that are going on right now? Yeah, give well, us one thing that's constant, and it's been so since the start of my time in Israel some 20 years ago, is that a lot of the CEOs that I meet, they began their technology careers in the Israeli military. And then eventually, when they left the military, they translated their expertise into developing medical technologies. I just huh. heard last week, actually, the story of one CEO uh, from a company called Weika who was in the Israeli Air Force developing technologies for fighter planes and for helicopters. And today he's developing a medical technology using this exact expertise to 
help people in their home figure out how to take their medications on time and how to take them. So these things ultimately translate. It's even in my home. I have a son who's going to be finishing the Israeli Air Force uh, in a couple of months. And he's already thinking about his first startup. So I'm delighted to say that this trend continues. So, ah, so this so is like a second from military. People yeah. From military. But isn't it a thing in Israel? Everyone has to be in the military, right? Doesn't everyone have to serve? It is compulsory. That is true. Mm-hmm. But what's nice is that you can take something that you learn in the military and translate it to civilian use. Ah, uh, Okay. So they have a different perspective. Yeah. They do. About how to use that. So uh, what about digital tech and managing health at home. Obviously with tech, we're doing all kinds of stuff like managing everything from, I mean, like I don't even use an egg timer anymore. I just use Google home, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, what is the connection for you? Like, is that something that's, what are some of the most exciting things you're seeing in digital tech? You know, one of the fun things is being able to use technology. That's really easy. It makes it easy. Mm. You don't have to Mm. think about it. And for me, I just like to know that I can push a button. It's all done. That's as, as it's technologically that the as I want to be, frankly. And what's nice about the technologies today is that they enable us in our homes to get information real time so we can make choices, educated choices based on real time information. We also get histories. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, everything's tracked. The last month so that we right. can make better choices moving forward. But so the question is, do, does digital tech, is that the answer to better health? If we can just switch it on, it'll work. I mean, that sounds great, but do you think that that's the answer? I think that there's a lot of different uh, technologies that can make our lives easier and help us make better and educated health decisions. I think that it's certainly one of the answers uh, because ultimately we have to take this information and with these choices actually implement we have to do mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. like you can, you can have a machine that says, okay, uh, I need to read, you know, you've recorded your, like with glucomy, they've got this whole digital diabetes care system. Yep. And you can get the information on, you know, what your, what your blood, what your blood sugar levels are and all this kind of difference, all these kind of different information. But if you don't actually utilize it, and you go out and you eat something that you shouldn't, that's something else. Or if you don't take the insulin that you need, that's something else. Right. So we have to take this information and follow through. What the digital technology does is it makes us smarter so we know what we need to do. It makes us smarter wow. so our healthcare circle knows what it needs to do for us and how to guide us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important is, is for the people who are around you who are supporting your, your health, right? So that they're also in, you know, in the loop and they know what's happening. Uh, Now, artificial intelligence, right? AI is a huge buzz phrase these days, but what is it that we really need to know? Why is it so important? It's important because that's part of the history. It's part of the analytics. So that if you have all the data from say the last month or the last year, and then you analyze the data, you can make educated decisions you, your health circle, your doctor, your pharmacist, because this comes into pharmacy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How to proceed. So that's why AI. That's why AI. It's the histories and the analytics to help us make better choices on how to move forward. You know, what kind of dose do you need for the medication? How much, you know, what type of medication do we need? 
Mm-hmm. We can't do it on our own, right? Well, so, okay. So we have digital tech, we have AI, ways mm-hmm. of managing our health in, in ways that we haven't before, access to more data. Having a lot of data doesn't necessarily make us healthier, right? I think the, the key thing with AI is being able to use it. But there's another trend, culinary medicine. Tell us about why that's a trend for you. Well, we are what we eat. We've all heard that before, correct? Yeah, of course. Yes. So... of our health is dependent on the way we live, 25% on genetics. I actually just read this in a Pharmacy Times article. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of people out there with chronic conditions who need to eat certain ways with certain nutritional value. Now, this has become very important to the point that you have culinary medical courses in the medical schools now. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's one that was developed for Tulane Medical School that's being used by 35 different medical schools across the country in the United States. And it's a trend that I think you're going to be seeing go into the future a whole bunch. Uh, there's a master chef who, his name is Carl Bugenmoss, and He was the co-creator of this program at Tulane, and he's beginning a new healthy foods program that you're going to hear a lot about come this fall, where they're creating a specific type of meal program for people with chronic conditions. So I think that this is something that you're going to see more and more as food becomes part of the medicinal program for all sorts of people. Great. Well, there you go. We heard it here first. Thank you so much, Margie. We can All right. Find out more about Margie. Where do we find out more about Margie? Margie, what's your, what's your site? Where should we send people? Uh, www.mhc-pr.com. And Great. I'm headquartered in Israel, but I work with people all over the world, including the United States, like this Healthy Meal Supreme that you'll hear about in the fall. And um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, of course. PR.com. Thanks, Margie. All right. So, Margie, how'd you feel? Fine. Fine is not good <laughs> enough. Tell us about how you felt about it. this. Is the first time we've ever interviewed you. I, you know, this is a this is a, a different thing, right? And so, of course, you did fine. We knew you would do fine. But we want to know how you felt during it, and where you felt either thrown off or not sure what to say. Like, get us inside your head a little bit so we get a view of that. Well, one of the things that you often tell, I, I, I've listened to all of your advice throughout the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to interviewing and keeping it short and saying less is more, it reminds me of my mother, actually, because she's not for the details, she's for the headlines. Mm-hmm. So that is what we yeah. needed sometimes here. Yes. Headline. Yes. yes. And yes. I, I'm very, very detail oriented. So throughout this conversation, I kept saying to myself, how do I make the headline? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's good. I'm glad you were thinking along those Agreed. lines. Uh, Paula, we should because remind people about why, what's happening right now. <laughs> yes. So Margie and Holly are both students of ours, and they've both taken our course, Lights, Camera, Expert. And so we've been working with them uh, in our course. And if you go to beamediamagnet.com, that's beamediamagnet.com, you can go and get um, a free little, you know, three-part video series that we created, which is, you know, the, the precursor to the course, right? It teaches you sort of yes. what, what we teach. Uh, and so they have been working with us quite closely for, you know, a couple of weeks. And so this was, you know, part of, part of that. But Margie, I'm so glad that you said the headline part because that's, I wrote in big letters, headline, because for you, that's the biggest takeaway here is that 
You need to punch me in the face with the answers. I need a headline for each of those answers. Every single one. You got us there, but it was a little bit roundabout, right? And it takes a little longer to get to it. It's kind of like you want to start with the headline and that, you know what I mean? Lead, what do you, don't bury the lead. The big idea. This is, we don't, we don't have the time to go into each of these things. You could spend a whole day talking about any of these things, but it's kind of like you want them parallel. So Mm -hmm. I actually felt a little, a little bit lost about the Israeli military connection because everyone has to do the military. So that I wanted to know, well, why does military affect what that is? So in a way I was kind of like, the more I thought about, the more confused I was, but you have to figure out, and if we had more time, you would figure out, boom, here's the thing I want to say about that. And then AI AI is probably more than record keeping, right? Be like, AI is everything. Sooner, soon, we're going we're gonna to even have to think about taking our medicine. We're not even going to have to do this, blah, 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 blah. So I wanted to like land it. And last thing, culinary medicine without going down a long road, I might be like, drugs aren't working. And we know that. We need food. And you don't need to convince us of that. You can say, this is happening more and more. I personally know of one school that's developing it, and there's dozens more. You know, mm-hmm. so that we show trend, 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 as opposed to unpack all these topics, which we can't do. Right, Paul? And what you did really well that, of course, because you know media, you did rephrase a lot of the answers, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so we do teach that sometimes in media training, depending on what the interview is like. So you did rephrase the, the answer. Um, one thing that you said a few times that I would just watch, now you can be uh, aware of of it is that you say, I think, I think in the beginning, a lot of people do it. It's a, it's a thinking word really for people is I think. Uh, and so I, I think that by saying that, especially for women, it sort of undermines your authority. Just yeah. come out and say it. Yep. What is it? Just say it. Right. Yep. So now that you're aware that you say it, now you can kind of just watch yourself a little bit there. But Holly Tom? is back with us here too. Holly is back with us too. What Hi, Holly. One, one comment I want to say about Tamarji too is, um, I don't know if you felt a little nervous, um, but for everyone, nervousness uh, manifests in a different way. And for you, it was a little slower and more halting, right? And a little one note. Same thing we were talking to Holly about it. I think you mm-hmm. want to be like excited and boom, move on to the next thing. Excited and then boom, boom. There wasn't a lot of emotion. It was a little bit hesitant and we wanted you to, to be able to ru- race into the content a little bit more, glide in. It felt like a little more, a little more plotting, which will take practice. Yeah. And right? this was a this was a segment that we came up with. This is not like with Holly. This is something she talks about a lot. With you, we were like, hey, how about Let's if we talk about trends and we mm-hmm. created it? So this is not something that you've done quite a lot. But, um, you know, excellent, excellent work. And both of you, you know, if there's any last word, uh, Holly, either one of you yeah. have. Holly, do you have one last takeaway you want to say that help is going to help you now? Well, I was going to say, I mean, with the course, I got my money's worth in about the first three minutes. So (laughs) anyone is on the fence. I mean, this is exactly what I need for my place in the career. If anyone is on the fence, just do it. These guys are awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. And um, Um, Margie, uh, we've got 10 seconds. 10 seconds. What's your takeaway? Uh oh! Okay, well, there goes your dentist. See you know what I'm saying? It's like we gotta. Have a, and if you can say, I don't know, but I love doing this. Like we gotta help you jump on, right? Because we really do only have ten seconds left. But you both are loved. It's great to be there. part of it. Thank you. And mm-hmm. we're thrilled to know you and get the chance to work with you. Of course, you can get access to our free video course right now. Go to beamediamagnet.com. That's beamediamagnet.com. Until next week, um, I'm Terry Spicio, and I'm Paula Rizzo. And you do have something to say and the world is ready to hear it.
Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.